Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 107, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way to do this is email questions at oneouter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, episode 107, this is a back-to-back day. Um, I'm, you know, whipping you hard here. <laughs> and yeah. uh, h- how are things in the last six minutes? Anything happened major in your life? Nah, not really, man. Still living the dream, you know. So, I mean, still, I, <laughs> you know, it's a... I was just uh, I was just thinking, you know, like making another espresso for another one of these. How crazy it is! We get to just talk with people. You know what I mean? That's such a such a wildly fun proposition. You know, just to talk with however many people. And I mean, you have a hundred thousand plus downloads on this show. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, that's pretty wild. You know what I mean? I, obviously, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm still. Uh, I, I was just thinking about how lucky. I am. I don't. I don't know. It's weird how sometimes that hits you. You know what I mean. And it's usually, it's really funny. It's like it's usually right after something really bad happened. If you can go back to some semblance of your normal life, you're always yeah. like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean. And there's, I, I'm kind of, I, I, I've, I've taken great strains not to really talk too much about my personal issues because I don't want to affect other people right now because I used to do that and it just wasn't really fair to people involved. But like, I, you know, I'm talking to my friend of mine just lost his child recently. You know what I mean? To like childhood cancer. And, yeah. you know, a friend of mine lost his uh, brother to a drunk driving. Uh, oh, excuse me. Not, well, actually that, it, that was, I, I'm getting my incidents mixed up. A, a guy from like back home, it, it, that happened. But the other kid was sober, right? But a multiple like uh, car accidents, and and people uh, passed away, right? You know, and it's just you start realizing, you know, and then you go through some crap, you know what I mean? And then you have to, yeah. you have to. Well, I, I I'm not. This is something I'm not going to hold back because I think it's important people to talk about it. I mean, there was. I had to start going to doctors to just get psychiatrically like checked out, like what was going on was so traumatic, right? And I'm doing totally fine now, you know. They're they're you know it, it was uh, it, 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 they were they were saying to me yesterday I had to go to a pretty grueling appointment. They were like, yeah, you're doing really well, you're you're fine, but like you know there were like a few weeks there I couldn't work, you know what I mean? Like I just couldn't focus. And you realize, like, this is how most, a lot of people's lives are, you know? 
this is what depression is like for a lot of people. And a lot of people, you know, we always do this. I think Barry and I do this a little like with our friends. It's like, dude, why don't you just try to strike out on your own and do something? It'll be more exciting. But if you're so used to that nine to five and nothing ever changes at your nine to five and like literally the whole scope of their life is there is that cute girl at the cafeteria they want to talk to and they put it off for eight months and then they see her come in with some other guy. That's like the end of their life. Right. You know, and it's like, and I'm not like judging them. It's just, if the scope of your life is only this one nine to five job, it is very easy to get downtrodden, you know, and you realize this is what a lot of people go through because you know, you, you can also strike out on your own and fail. I, there's a reason the nine to five is so popular, you know, because I, I, I didn't have health insurance the first seven, eight years I played poker. You know, I couldn't afford it. I, I was just like, screw it. I'll take my chances. Right. But you go to like my, you know, my sister's got health insurance. She's got uh, paid vacations and stuff like that. I, I take a day off. I don't get paid. You know what I mean? But like the scope of your life, it can get so limited with some of these jobs, right? If you don't have like an active social life, you don't have hobbies and you realize when you get depressed, like, man, this is how a lot of people feel. Right. And, uh, you know, once you kind of get out of that, you just go like, Jesus, it's so nice. You know what I mean? It's just so nice to be able to like listen to music, drink coffee, write, Play poker, you know, watch, yeah. watch baseball, chill, play with the dogs you know, work out. So it's like all this stuff, like none of this stuff's guaranteed, you know, people in Aleppo were going to the movies. They were, you know, they were meeting each other for coffee. They were dating, they were going to school and now look at their city. You know what I mean? Like none of this, none of this stuff is guaranteed. Tell me you saw this where one of our presidential candidates. Did yeah, not, I was away. Oh to see, my God. I was away to see you for a laugh. Where's Aleppo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what? No, he, it was even better. He's, What's Aleppo? And the worst part about that was it was on MSNBC, which is if if you don't live in the States, like MSNBC is the most far left media outlet we have. And those people are usually the most arrogant imbeciles. Like, how dare you not want to pay 70 percent of your uh, income to taxes, you selfish jerk. So you can support the arts, which will also include journalism, which will include me. But, like, and to see the libertarian candidate, I was kind of hoping he would stick it to him. But I've been telling everybody, I do not like Gary Johnson. I am a libertarian. I do not like Gary Johnson at all. I think he smokes a lot of weed, and I think it's really obvious when you hear him answer. And then that thing happened, and all my buddies were like, dude, you called it. Oh, my God, what was that? And I'm like, yeah, exactly, you know. Well done, man, you know, way to make us look good. But yeah, it's a, essentially, uh, man, I forgot what got me on that whole tangent because we had some technical difficulties or something like that. But oh yeah, Aleppo. What, yeah, you know, it was just normal city one day. You know what I mean? They watch Hollywood movies. They go to school. They have their little crushes. They have video games. They have all that stuff. And then just one day it's like, oh, you've been bombed out. And it's like, well, can you get out? Well, no. You know, some of you can, but some of you can't, you know. Is your kid yeah. sick? Well, you know, good luck getting him on one of those boats, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, but good thing we didn't intervene, you know what I mean? You know, make love, not war. Just, just <laughs> like the Nazis, you know, I mean, the Nazis were doing really, really bad things, and then John Lennon said, make love, not war, and they all went away, you know, so it, just how that works, you know, so thank God we didn't intervene. I'm not, by the way, I'm not a big interventionist policy guy, like being pretty libertarian, but I mean, 
it's one of those things. You, you, there are consequences to every action. If you go in, you're over-invested, you're screwed, it's going to cost too much, it's going to be hard to ever stabilize the area. But there's a cost to not going in as well, and now we're seeing that, you know? <laughs> like, so, uh, this, it sucked. It sucked. You're screwed no matter what you do, you know what I mean? But, yeah, anyway, what you mean? You seen any movies lately, Barry? Well, I was just going to say, touch, throw something into that anyway. It was... You touched on it to start with what you were talking about. It's just that feeling of, I used to laugh at it or not understand it. Like, when people said it's important to, like, show gratitude of, like, your situation and, you know, that feeling of being grateful mm -hmm. and showing gratitude. I used to think, like, what sort of airy-fairy self-help <laughs> crap is that? But it's so true. If you actually just think, like you're saying, like, kids dying with cancer and people getting... You're going what am I really moaning about here or bitching yeah, about? Exactly. Like, I've, I've not got enough or what's enough? Or, you know, like, we talked about that on two shows back, the one where we just, like, went into it. And it was like, just, you got to be grateful and really look at your problems for, they're not even real problems in the grand scheme of things, you know. Problem is going to the doctors, as you say, with something and they go, oh, it's cancer, you got six months to live. You know, that that's a yeah, problem. Yeah. You know, a problem that, is that, not like, is, me and Alex have a technical technical difficulties with our broadband sitting and I've got this laptop through a flat screen TV lying on the settee, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> Dude, I'm reading this from, you know, it's like, there's no problems. But it's true. I always remember a quote on The Sopranos, like, um, you know, he's he's always, it's great, that show. I mean, it is, if you've never watched Sopranos, you've got to watch Sopranos. That's a great show. And he's, you know, he's at his shrink and he's getting, he's counselling and he's all, uh, he says something like, "What you know? What have we got to do this like problem? We don't have these fucking Americans. They come in here crying. These poor saps. You know, like I see them in your waiting room." And <laughs> she sort of says, "Well, it's great that we've come to the point in life where we've got the basic necessities of you know a, a house and warmth and whatever. We don't need for anything, so we can start looking at ourselves and exploring our mind and things like that." Right. But then. But then the truth is that he sort of, like, gets through it. Is he's all happy. And he's like, I was going around, you know, happy, smelling the roses or whatever. But regular life's got a way of kicking that out of you. And that is so true. It's like, yeah. you can remember all these, you know, you don't have cancer. A kid doesn't have cancer. All your loved ones are healthy, you know. God help, you know, God willing sort of thing. It stays that way. And then you could go to a park somewhere. Some guy takes your parking space. And it's, and it's like, like you... all that's forgotten. It's like the world's fucking... It's chaos. It's crisis, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's weird. No, it's and I, weird. I mean, and I think you touch on, like, being grateful. I, I like, I, I do the... I use... Like, one of the things that people have always made fun of me about is, like, I keep a blog every single day. I used to keep a journal. Then I had a blog. Then I had another blog. And now I'm not... You know, I post some paragraphs on Facebook, like, yeah, this is, what, this is what's going on, right? And it's, uh, I posted on the fan page, and a lot of people are like, man, I didn't know what a professional player does. It's, a, it's pretty damn boring, a lot of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's my real life, you know what I mean? And then it's cool to me because, you know, a couple of years back, you can look back on it. But when you really live your life like, oh, wow, this is like a story I'm living, right? When you write it down you start appreciating it a lot more and you start realizing people do this thing like social media is terrible. And it's like, yeah, social media is terrible in the hands of most people because most people are very wasteful. You know, I think Facebook's wonderful for a lot of people because 
you know, they get to share their lives and they get to contact other people. And I, I love, it was pretty cool. Like my high school, like is putting together this like high school, uh, reunion. Right. And, uh, I, I'm not going to make it obviously, but, uh, there, there's, uh, it, it, like, you know, you kind of see, you know, like, Oh, this is a picture of like, Oh, this girl became like a lead singer in a band. It's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's kind of cool. Like they share that on Facebook and you realize when you realize your life is a story you're living, like there's never going to be a better movie than the life you're living. You can see and taste and touch, and it's all within your creation. That's, I, I think you start really appreciating things. I think you start seeing things from a different perspective. There's a lot of times like when bad things are happening to me, I'm kind of laughing inside because I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a funny story to tell everybody, right? You know what I mean? And then I'm not... I'm not getting worked up about it. Right. And it's just, it's kind of like, well, you know, that's life, you know, life is an everyday thing. And it's, it's kind of something you brought up, which was the fun thing about Twitch is you get to see the day to day, you know, when you're watching poker players work, right. It's not just WPT like, Oh, they're all in ace King versus Jacks. No one's seen this one. Here comes yeah. the really slow flop. Oh, he's okay. You know, but like, uh, it is the day to day. It is the grind. And I, all, all of that serves to be something, you know what I mean? You start appreciating, like, I, like okay, I went out to Homestead, Pennsylvania to do a battle, right? And, you know, and people do this, like, uh, you know, like, why the, like, Carlos was kind of like, these are the places I've seen Alex battle rap. I've seen him battle rap in a beach bar, a church, a casino, a boxing gym, and an old, you know, like, back alley bar, right? And then it's like, yeah, and then, you know, and people are like, why do you do that? And it's like, well, I appreciate, uh, like, when you look back and you think of, like, all these spots you rocked, right? You don't think of all the, like, it, it, they're made special because you think of, like, the four days, the seven days leading up to that where everywhere you went, you had to have your notepad and you were repeating to yourself, okay, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that and I'm going to say this, you know? And... It, I, I was like, I was going to a movie in Homestead, Pennsylvania, and I was th like, it felt so good because I'd earned it, you know what I mean? I'd come there, I'd gotten paid to rap, which was crazy, you know what I mean? And then, like, I, uh, you know, it, once you see my performances, you probably should realize they are not paying me that much. But there's uh, it, it's one of those things, like, you know, you earn, like, getting to go to the movies, or you earn getting to hang out at night, or whatever, and it's all that hard work, it, it makes everything, it, it's the difference between like getting cotton candy or a steak. You know what I mean? Like the cotton candy is really nice on the surface, but you can't eat a lot of it. But like the, it's not very satisfying. If you eat a bunch of cotton candy, you feel sick, right? If you eat a steak, you are satiated. You are, uh, you are satisfied, right? And all that hard work comes around and you realize you, you just become much more appreciative of everything if you've had to, like, work really hard and be out there on a limb. And, yeah, being poor, being poor, I wouldn't trade, you know, I say grace before every meal. And, you know, I, sometimes, like, I'm at, at a restaurant, people laugh at me, and, like, poker players usually like to say something to me. And, uh, but, like, I remember being in an apartment in the hood with $16.46 in my name or something like that, and not being able to afford, like, you know what I mean? I was eating, like, rice and beans and, like, ch cutting up the cheapest, like, sausage to, like, put it in, you know what I mean? And that, that, was, that, was, that was my life back in the day, you know what I mean? And, like, uh, 
pretty much it was pretty much that and like dirt weed and like some crappy uh like disinfectant you know what i mean i sprayed around so i wouldn't get evicted and i was just you know and it was just so miserable you know what i mean like using drugs so i'd get past my depression and it was like it was always like five dollars worth of the dirt from mexico and you were just kind of it was you know it was just like man this was this is a crap life you know what i mean and then when I look at my meals these days, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, my God, you know what I mean? I can, I can cook up, like, marinated chicken and, like, rice and beans whenever I want and drink it with, like, fruit juice. And it's like fresh squeezed juice. It's like, man, this is crazy. But if you don't have those bad experiences, it just doesn't mean anything. And then if you don't, like you said, if you don't, like, consciously thank, well, I, I thank God for everything, right? I think that's where everything comes from. But if you don't, like, just thank something or just or even chance or something like just be thankful for what's going on i don't think you ever experience it i, I think you're right you just net just kind of go through that's why i mean you've met a lot of you and i've met a lot of rich people that are like the most miserable people you've ever met in your life you know i think that's why yeah. man you know what i mean like who, who's to say is elon musk a happy dude do you think he, i know yeah do you think he's a happy dude i, I doubt he is you know what i mean i don't, I don't think he's a happy person you know, I mean, a lot of these guys can't just can't focus on anything but what's coming next. But yeah, all right, I have pontificated quite a bit. You got anything to contribute, or are we gonna we gonna go to the questions? But thank the Lord. <laughs> thank <go>. the Lord. <laughs> praise um, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, okay, let's go straight into the questions. Um, let's be thankful for these people writing in, and they better bloody be thankful for us <laughs> answering them. <laughs> I've so, uh, heard you cut with a real bloody in a while, man. Like, yeah. Yo, yo, is, okay. that a, is that a cuss word? I've asked this before, but like... Uh, yeah, <laughs> technically, yeah. If a kid said it in like primary school or something, yeah, they'd probably get pulled up. Because yeah. we, we say that in the States when we're trying to sound like jackasses. We say bloody hell and stuff like that. Like yeah. the teachers laugh at us. Like, what are you talking about, right? And we'll, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get in trouble for saying hell, but not bloody. But yeah, anyway. All right, all right. All right, let's go. All right, all right. And, okay, this one is from Alan. Uh, when playing live, what should I be thinking about when raising, say, button or late position, but I'm expecting to be 3-bit by a very aggressive player in the blinds or the button? And so I'm already thinking about my 4-bit or shoving advance before I've even made my first raise. What should I be doing in these situations? Well, they, there's quite a few situations that you just listed there, so let's separate them out. Uh, first of all, if the guy's on the button, the very simple defense is just to not open. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of open type 3-bet three uh, light. And when I say 3-bet light, I'm not saying like 3-bet that wide, right? It's just if somebody is opening, you know, the one we always bring up here is like if they open jack eight suited from early position, which is what some guys do 100% of the time, then you should three bet for value the King Jack offsuit, right? But it, it mostly because these days people do not four bet enough. I think that's a lot of times a much better play than say opening, even in opening the King Jack offsuit from the cutoff. Uh, I don't love that play if the guy's going to three bet you and you're going to call and you don't really have much of a read on him post flop. So you, sometimes I have students that are very successful no, 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 and are no, no, really embarrassed. Alex, you really jam, jumbled there. Uh, yeah. Fuck's sake. 
Yeah. Um, you want to just take it from answering the question and get let me All let right. me mark it. Uh, fuck's sake. Sorry, man. It's not you. It must be my internet I th- I for some reason. So. Is it somebody downloading some? Nobody's in the house. There's nothing else on. There's no other computer connected. There's there's nothing even switched on. It's this laptop and the <laughs> the Wi-Fi. I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're on your Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh fourteen fifty. Uh, la 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 la. Edit. I'll just take a. I'll do, I'll just take it from the start. Ugh. Just take it from the start of that guy saying he's thinking about raising, but already thinking he's going to be three bet, etc. Okay, yeah. okay. It, hopefully, this is fine. All right, go. Okay, so you have quite a few you have quite a few questions there. So let's try to separate it out. Now, uh, first things first. Uh, the most simple defense for opening the cutoff, if the but if the button three bets you so much, is to just fold. Uh, a lot of people think that's not a defense because that. Uh, that is a form of surrender. I, I think that's fighting a better battle. Uh, a lot of times the better battle, I'm a big proponent of right now, open tight, three bet light. And when I say three bet light, I'm not even saying three bet that wide. But, it, you know, the example we always use on that show is if somebody opens jack eight suited all the time from early position, king jack offsuit uh, becomes a three betting for value hand, especially in these days when nobody folds to a three bet like ever. So, it's really odd. You're in this situation where a guy could open under the gun and you could three bet with King Jack offsuit. And I think you're in a very good situation because that is very likely to become a heads up pot with you versus a dominated range. But if you open from the cutoff and you know the guy three bets you and you don't have a good plan to four bet him and you don't have a good hand post flop, you don't have a good idea what you're doing post flop, then that becomes a very dangerous situation. And there, I cannot tell you how many times in my lessons I get a very good player uh, and, you know, a guy who's way better than me, and he'll kind of say embarrassed, is it really bad that I fold, like, King Jack offsuit here? And I'll say, well, not really, because you're making money hand over fist, and it's because you just focus on the situations that are really good for you. And uh, so I I would, uh, if you are going to open and flat a guy from the button, you do have to realize a lot of times you're playing anti-poker, which is if you don't have that great of a read, Uh, you're essentially just trying to make it in a situation where neither of you really make that much money. Maybe you very, make a very small profit, right? But it's, it's very hard to flat, you know, like 6.5 X out of position and create a profit, especially if you're only 40 X deep. I I don't know why people do that all the time in tournaments. It makes no sense to me, especially if you spend any time with card runners. If you know, if the guy is three betting you very small, if the guy three bets like 2.1x, 2.2x, if you have a reasonable hand, uh, you can go ahead and make that profitable. You'll find a way to make that profitable. Uh, that, that's something I have noticed in the analyses. Uh, but the, the thing that is really interesting to me is if you do have a post-flop deficit on the guy. And what I mean by post-flop deficit is he is uh, setting himself up in a way that he's going to be very imbalanced. So a very good example of that is you have a guy who just – you know he's three betting when you open, right? Like that's just there's some guys that's just their thing. They they uh you can't get angry about it either. He paid the buy-in. He can play however he wants to play, right? There's no acceptable way to play poker in my mind. It's whatever you want to do after you pay the buy-in. So if this guy is three betting like 16% of the hands, and he's gonna see bet every single board, 
Well, go ahead and pop open your Flopzilla and check out a bunch of different boards. You're going to find on 80%, 90% of those boards, that guy doesn't have anything 60% of the time. So you, you can just pop it back to him. So there's a lot of times I'll call, and then I'm on the intention of check-raising 80% of the boards. I know exactly what those boards are. Uh, I didn't know what those boards were three years ago, four years ago, but I've just, you know, with Flopzilla, you just kind of go through them a lot. And they tend to fall in specific categories, like one high card, two low cards with a flush draw is a great board. That's one I always use as an example, because a lot of times with shorter stacks, you check raise, get it in with the top pair, with the sets, with the nut flush draw. That's a pretty wide range, but he's still missing, you know, 58, 60% of the time, whatever it is, right? And if you check raise to the size of the pot, that bet needs to work 50% of the time, but the vast majority of tournament players are going to see a check raise to the size of the pot, and they're going to go, Jesus Lord, what is this? right? And you always want to set up your bets so the next bet is going to be all in, right? Uh, it, it, the guy is worried that if he flats there, you're jamming the turn, or if he wants to raise again, it's going to be all in. That inflection point is very powerful. And a lot of times you can set that up with 30, 40 big line stacks. Uh, you can set it up with bigger stacks than that. You can check raise more than the size of the pot. It's called no limit for a reason. Uh, another thing you can do is donk leading quite a bit of the time. Uh, this is an old school play that uh, I believe I took from Rec Rule. Uh, Rec Rule, who used to light it up, you know, like 2006, 2007. Jesus, I'm old. That's almost 10 years ago. <laughs> like, I can't, it's so weird to me because I can remember I was in South Korea when this guy was in South Korea and he was like playing 2550. And it was like, it was, it was just, it was weird because there was another American like playing cash games in South Korea and like I didn't even know him I didn't know where he lived I didn't you know we, we never talked but I watched him play a couple times and one play he did that I really liked is like let's say he thought a guy was three betting like 14 16 percent he would just call the flop would come out there and he'd just leave the size of the pot right and the bet needed to work 50 percent of the time but a lot of times the guy was sitting there with second pair going what the hell and he, he, you know, like the board would come like jack three, two, and he'd have pocket eights and the guy would lead like a little over the size of the pot. So the bet needs to work like 53, 54% of the time, but he would fold pocket eights, which means he's folding 60 something, five, 66% of the time on that board. Uh -huh. If he's folding his second pairs, right? So the bet clears and rec rule didn't need that a hand, right? Now, of course, when I saw this in 2007, I didn't understand it, but eventually I started you know, working with Flopzilla and stuff like that. And that's really all my new book, The Myth of Poker Talent, is about. It's just how I went from the most dead basic, grinded out, brain-dead poker pro to a very, very good poker pro using the tools. And that was one I did uh, really like. Uh, another deficit that you can find post-flop is the guy never double barrels. And this is why you need to be taking notes when you're playing live. Uh, like, if you just never see the guy bet the turn, it's very likely the guy doesn't bet the turn as a bluff. Uh, just try to be watching every hand. And I find it's really hard to... Uh, it's really hard to pick up specifics unless, like, something I do is I, like, announce in my head the action. It's just, like, if you listen to an audiobook, if you really focus on each word and kind of repeat it to yourself, as it comes in, you will really pay great attention. But if you just kind of glaze out, you're not going to pick up every word. Uh, you're you're probably going to pick up like 10, 20% of the material, but still quite a bit, by the way. I'd still recommend doing it, but it's the same thing with like poker tournaments. Just kind of read the action out to yourself and write down what your conclusions would be in Evernote. If you're playing online, it's even easier. 
you can just, you know, especially you can just watch the action on like the hand history replayer and it takes like 22 seconds, right? So you can play multiple tables and pay attention to every single hand. And yeah, anyhow, uh, if you see a guy just never bets a turn, it's very unlikely he does that. And with the statistic tracking program, sometimes you'll see, you know, flops see that 88%, turns see that 42. Well, you have a hand about 33% of the time, so he's, he's not bluffing that much on the turn, right? So mm. you can call with, like, pocket fives, right? Because on the jack-6-2 board, two to a suit, he's not going to fire on the turn eight. He's not going to fire on the turn ten. He's not going to fire on the turn flush draw. He's just going to check back, right? He's just going to give up. And a lot of times you do get to table your fives and you're going to win. Uh, I would not open the dry aces unless you're intending to four bet. Uh, j- just because those hands are, hey, please do not flat them. A lot of people flat them. And those are, those are, you can't do a lot of stuff post-flop with that ace. It, if you check raise, it's a little worse because you're blocking all the ace highs. You want bet folding. Uh, it's the same thing if you donk lead out there. Uh, obviously, your reverse implied odds are pretty extreme. He either doesn't have the ace and he just gives up on the turn and river, or he does have the ace and he keeps betting. And no matter how many times I tell people you can fold that ace, like the board comes like ace 5-3, guy's got ace 6 offsuit. No idea why he opened it on the cutoff to begin with and really don't know why he called, right? And then, you know, the board comes ace 5-3, he check calls, turns a 10, he check calls again. I'm like, what is he bluffing? What, what do you beat at this moment? Ace-5 and Ace-3 are beating you. You beat Ace-2, Ace-4, and even they have a draw. What, what does he bluff? Do you ever see anyone bet here with King-Queen off? Do you ever see anyone bet here with 10? Even if the guy has a flush draw, he's not betting, because in his mind, you have the Ace and you're not folding. So what do you beat? There's no matter how... This is why I don't believe poker is is going to ever get to the point it's unbeatable. I've been hearing that crap for 10 years. It is not true because no matter how many times I scream from the rooftops, you can fold an ace here. Nobody does it. The, the good players will do it. And you'll find out very specifically who does do that. And then you can bluff them, but it doesn't happen that often. But yeah, anyhow. Uh, now, if the people are three betting you out of position, this can be a gold mine. Okay. Uh, typically you want to be uh, opening with like suited hands, hands that play very well to a flat. Uh, I think you should be a lot less four-bet intensive because that allows them to nullify their positional disadvantage just by five-betting pretty quickly. Uh, But I I think you can raise call a lot of the times and put them in a lot of goofy spots. And a lot of times your flop raises will be more successful because the guy's going to know he's going to be out of position for the rest of the hand, right? And that does help you in a lot of the same ways that, you know, maybe the check raise. The problem with the check raise is, you check and the guy can check behind, right? And then, oh, crap, now what do I do, right? And a lot of times, you know, even if you overbet that turn, the guy knows he's only got two streets to deal with, right? You have none of these huh. problems in position. Like, the guy leads or he checks, right? And if he checks, a lot of times he lets you know, like, I have one pair. I have, you know, like, I have one pair and I'm trying to get it down to a showdown. You just look at the board, ask yourself what hands he doesn't have if he only has one pair, how many of those turn and river cards are bad, and if this if this guy can stand a triple barrel, and the answer is a lot of these guys can't, right? Like they, they just can't, you know. And if they catch you, you got to be like, well, you know, good luck to you, man. I mean, that's cool. I, that's going to set you up for big value later when you do three bet that king jack and flop the jack, right? And you triple barrel. 
So I, I hope I'm kind of coming up with a framework that really helps you. Uh, I, I, those would be my initial thoughts on this subject. Pay attention to those three bet percentages and also pay attention to those three bet percentages. If you look in their three bet range and note caddy and you see like ace five offsuit and ace two offsuit or something like that, it doesn't matter if the three bet percentage was just eight percent or seven percent or nine percent because this is somebody who's getting out there out of position with a very weak hand. And you can call them and put them in very difficult positions constantly with very reasonable holding. So, yeah, I hope this has given you a good framework. Good luck to you. Okay, and uh, we're about just about 33 minutes in or something on this episode. We have been experiencing major technical problems today. I think that's uh, someone's way of saying the back-to-back episodes. Uh, we're just we're just going too much, Alex. <laughs> It's it's like Skype will go to last for an hour and then it decides, nah, you should like, you know. I gotta, I'm surprised it's not pop-ups for some premium option or something as well. I know. Skype needs to be sold back to the Estonians. Microsoft is ruining <laughs> I know all those hipsters in Renan. They're ruining everything, those Washingtonians. <laughs> but, yeah, anyhow. Yeah. yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to try, and we've got two more questions for this episode. We're going to try and batter through these and get these done with the minimal technical problems, and hopefully it all comes through fine. And then we're going to wrap it up for this week. Um, so next question is from Mike, and it is, Hi, Barry and Alex. My question for the show is about spinning goes and on poker stars and similar jackpot tournaments on ACR. I've been playing them on both sites. What's the best way to approach them? Any tips would be great. I find them very fun, and I can play many in a short time. Thanks. Well, if you find my my answer is going to be pretty brief, but uh, uh, <laughs> just, just thinking about it, uh, <laughs> it's not because of the technical difficulties. This is just a very simple question once you know the answer. Uh, essentially, if you can play a lot of them, that's great. Uh, it, there's a... Uh, there are there is a sit and go strategy site I did work with. Uh, uh, the, the guy's online handle is Sentin. I think you can look look it up. I've heard their materials are pretty good. ICMizer does have a specialty ICM systems set up for these jackpot games that you can input yourself. And the other thing that's really big is volume. If, if you can put a ton of volume in, it gives you a greater opportunity to hit the jackpot. And that's where a lot of your underlying equity is i mean obviously there's a small additional amount that comes with just the recreational uh people that are in that game but at the same time uh there is a small part with the recreational people that are in that game but uh a lot of times the extra equity comes from can you realize that jackpot at some point and the best way to ensure at some point that will happen is to play quite a few of them and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're having fun with them, I do believe there's a way to make it profitable. I've heard that from a lot of people, and I know a lot of people are making, you know, decent money. You know, they're, they're, not, like, uh, uh, they're, they're not like buying condos in Macau off of them, but, you know, they're, uh, they're, doing, they're doing well. You know, so uh, ju- just look into that. It's not something I'm really versed on, so I, I don't want to give you a bunch of advice that I'm not really sure of, but I know there's – you know, you can just Google sit and go strategy. I think you're going to, I mean, uh, uh, spin and go strategy, jackpot game strategies. And ICMizer 2 is fantastic for all of this. Just uh, very accurate assessments as far as anyone can tell. And uh, a, a lot of stuff that just sounds right once you think about it through. And uh, 
I, I think that'll really help you just being able to edit those and see what the right moves are. And that's, that's how Jonathan Little made all of his money to begin with. Everybody thinks like Jonathan Little, you know, like, oh, kid won a tournament or he got deep in a few tournaments. That's where all of his money came. Oh, no, no, no. He would wake up every day and practice like one or two hours and then he would play six. You know what I mean? Like he would he'd play sit and goes. His big thing was sit and goes and he just grinded it out. And just because he knew the ICM a lot better than a lot of other people, he did a lot better. And uh, yeah, so anyways, good luck to you. You touched on it, anyway, the recreational players um, and volume, but the variance is going to be crazy in them as well. It's yeah, the like... variance is going to be quite insane. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do that the, last one. While the going's good, let's do the last question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can tell we have had a little bit of problems behind the scenes here today, so, yeah, let's get into it. I know I'm saying Alex off here. So if you can just batter through the questions, and then when Alex is finished, I'm going, well, perhaps we can talk about, yeah, yeah trying to exactly. extend it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just do it. Uh, this, one is from, this one's from Neil. Uh, hey, guys, I've been meaning to write into the show for a while. My question is about stepping up my poker. I used to play for a living pre-Black Friday. Since then, I've not really played much at all, usually a few times a month, and in the last four months, for one reason or another, I've not played any online and only once live. What would be your advice and tips for me to start getting back into playing on a weekly basis successfully? I have a real world job now, so it will just be recreational. Thanks. Well, uh, I'm kind of in this spot as well because I, you know, I, I have my consultancy with uh, uh, Assassin Auto Coaching, and it's. Uh, it's uh, can you hear me? Okay, but it went a little weird on me, but oh boy, it's uh, <laughs> oh boy. We're gonna get it out. We're gonna write this one. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get through. But yeah, anyway, uh, essentially, I've kind of been in this spot too because I have my now. Obviously, my daily business is in poker, so I get to stay pretty well versed with what's going on. But I have to do a lot of the same strategies as you to like stay current with the game so uh the big thing that's really uh good for me is i really focus on theory training videos uh this is essentially what uh i I do is like one hour a day i try to i try to commit myself to every day studying something right and if i can study something i'll do i'll do pretty well as long as i'm adding to my knowledge and really thinking about it and uh, like some really good training videos that are concept related are like Matthew Jonda. Uh, Ma- Matthew Jonda, I find, makes really good uh, theory videos. I really work to try to create really good theory videos. Uh, Master Poker with one hour a day was my webinar was actually specifically made for people like you who, you know, you have a real world job, you want to play poker, and it's just about how you're going to analyze yourself regularly and how you're going to play regularly and how you're going to practice regularly. And uh, that was really devoted to that. But I think if you can, you know, if you can get like really good, like theoretical knowledge, like down, what you don't want to be doing is watching training videos where a guy just kind of like hems and haws for an hour, because I don't think that's a really good use of your time. Right. So I think it's a really good idea to check out the theory videos, because generally to sell a theory videos to one of these sites, you have to, the guy's got to watch it. He's got to read it and you've got to be on pretty solid footing. Right. Whereas you can kind of hem and haw and like a, you know, like a sweat video and it's not really, uh, 
you know, if, if things pan out okay, which they usually do on the sweat videos because they don't publish the ones where they don't, you know, you, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. You want to avoid that stuff. Uh, the other thing I would uh, recommend is just playing like really controlled sessions. So like a really like uh, like playing some heads up poker is really good because you're going to get to play a lot of flops, turns and rivers. And I would play for stakes that aren't really that high, that won't really stress you out, but where the people are still playing pretty seriously. And there's a lot of games like that. A lot of like six max games are really good for like learning how to do close quarters combat. Uh, I, I find a really good, uh, some of these like speed poker variants are really good if you don't have that much time and really try to focus on every hand, talk to yourself through the hands. Like I'm doing this because of X, Y, and Z. I'm doing this for this reason. Okay. This hand didn't pan out. Maybe I can analyze this a bit on the back end. I can, I find most people can do that for like an hour, an hour and a half a day if they really commit to it. And I, I think that's where, you know, I, I think that's where a lot of the development comes from is really just going, okay, was this a good move? Was this not a good move? And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have differing opinions. Like I, uh, just for fun, I, I called a video chicken and chips on my, uh, on my, uh, on my assassin coaching YouTube site. And essentially I was just, I was playing a little zoom poker, like farting around and I ran a triple barrel on a very low six game. And, you know, I, I can go through all the, I, I went through all the Flopzilla stuff, how to do the triple barrel. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to accept some guys are just calling down very wide. You might be a little off here, but the more you work through these situations, the more you work with Flopzilla and try to narrow down the ranges and work with Cardinal ZV and work with, you know, just taking a look at the situations, thinking about over your all game, it will develop. And I think a lot of this is training for like the live tournaments. A lot of guys want to play live when they're doing it recreationally. And I think if you can do a lot of this stuff at home live, you'll be much more prepared. And the skill level live is really not that good. So you'll be, you'll be in a pretty good position. I think to execute there. The other thing I got to let you know is poker is way more fun when you're not doing it all the time. Like I, I was not enjoying poker for many years. I really enjoy playing poker now. Like some of my favorite times of the year are when I get to go out to these live poker tournaments and, uh, I think if you play the, you know, I, and I think that's pretty true with a lot of guys with a real world job. I think if you play the online stuff with the idea of that, I'm here for the practice, I'm here for the work, you know, because if you're not playing full time, you're not, you know, you can play some tournaments for fun. And if you win, that's great. But ju just don't go in expecting like, I get a lot of guys that go like, uh, yeah, I can play poker for about 42 minutes a night. And, uh, you know, I can't really study at all. And I'm really hoping I can make an extra 50 or 70,000 a year. Like I get a lot of people like that and I'm like, well, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And they like, you know, I, I lose, I, I mean, this is something I don't talk about, but I do lose a lot of students because I end up offending them in the email process because I'm like, look, you can hire a coach who's going to tell you that's possible. He's going to lie to you. Right. Like I'm letting you know, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, I, there's a, point zero zero one percent chance you're in the next Tom Dewan and you could play some high six poker and do that but it's not it's very unlikely I'm telling you right now it's not going to happen right and then uh but if you can play a few hours a night that's really significant you could make some decent income from that right but you've got to kind of go in like it's a practice I'll be honest with you guys right now I want to play poker right now I'm super like <laughs> talking about it for a couple hours has me kind of jonesing for it you know what I mean it's like 
but it, it's like you got to have really controlled sessions. What I, I find a lot. First of all, if your real world job depletes you and it's just horrible, it's really hard to play good poker, right? And you got to always be careful when you're saying like the money's good, right? There was a there was a few poker players I worked with who were just they paid me quite a bit of money, but like you know that Tim Ferriss thing, it's like where where does eighty percent of your profits come from, and mm-hmm. where does eighty percent of your misery come from? And I mm-hmm. realized. 90% of my misery came from these like three accounts I was keeping. And I just, one day it was like the greatest day of my life, even though it cost me quite a bit of money. It cost me a lot of money. Right. I just wrote them all an email. I don't want to work with you anymore. I'm sorry. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm done. Like, and they were, you, they, then they started, you know, they were super polite at that point. It was like, well, it, it, we, we started finding it, you know, like in every lesson, I was just this worthless person. Right. You know, that just could never, you know, and you don't know we're doing this and da 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 da. And, you're, and it, you know, finally I said, whatever, you know, like I, I'm done. And if you can, now that I'm enjoying, like, I do all my stuff like independently and I get to pick the students and I get to pick all that. I really enjoy my job. When I get to the poker table, I'm really energetic and I'm feeling really good. But there was a long time I was trying to play poker when I was hating a lot of my teaching jobs that I, I just had a hard time focusing because I was so depleted of energy. You know what I mean? So if your real world job is going good, I, th- I think, you know, you can have more of these controlled sessions. You got to work out too. This is not, this is not optional. I think you got to, and I find most men once they get, I hate gyms with a passion because they do everything in their power to make people Like the first time I go into a gym in Costa Rica, it's like the law here. A physical trainer has to help you, right? And like they get off on, you know, it's all these like muscle heads and they're trying to show everybody, you know, they're trying to show the women at the gym, like, look at this imbecile. He doesn't even know how to lift a weight, right? And it's just, you know, like it's like six corrections on the same thing. And I'm like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm going like, this looks a lot like what, you know, he was doing, right? I don't understand. And then Finally, I told the guy to F off, right? I was like, I don't need your help, right? Like, I know how to do, I do like five or six, I I lift weights in five or six basic ways every day. I don't have like a full, you know what I mean? I don't have like the, I'm not training to be in the next like Michael Bay action movie. I don't need to look good with my shirt off. I need to develop endurance and reduce stress quite a bit. And a lot of times you can just do that by, you know, you pile on some weights and you just do some basic stuff with the free weights. You do a few of the machines, try to make sure you're hitting every muscle group so you don't create like a really bad imbalance somewhere, right? And you can find most of these on YouTube. Just like, uh, uh, you know, just look them up. I think Vinny Tortorich has a really good one. He'll show you like the three or four you need, right? And uh if you can do that every day with some walking or some running, you will feel way better. Uh, that, that is one of the best like mood uplifting things you can do. And also listening to audiobooks that are generally pretty positive. Like you can do this because I mean, every time I turn on the TV, I'm very interested in politics uh, just because I, I, I don't know. I, well, I think the States is being run into the ground right now. And that's obviously going to affect me quite a bit, right? Because I do love the United States. But there's a, you know, like when I watch the TV, it's just whining and whining and whining. Like, we can't do this because of that. We can't do this because of this. We can't. And it's like, 
if you're the only group that is somehow not being like destroyed apparently is white Christian males, right? Like everybody, and even the Christians get in on this. Oh, I can't do, you know, if I do, you know, like if I pray at the table, people laugh at me and I'm like, yeah, they do that to Muslims too. People are assholes. What'd you expect? Right? Like, you know, why do you have to get on TV and whine about it? Right? That's all I ever hear is just whining and whining and whining, you know, like, Oh, I got into debt because I went to college. Oh, I'm, you know, I need this, I need that, I need this. And it's just, you know, like, I'm I'm sorry, this is how life is. You know what I mean? Like, and if you expose yourself to that every day, as most people do, like Facebook is just whining political posts, most of them. And that's the thing that bugs me is like, people are like, oh, it's so weird, man. You post about just the normal goings on of your day. And I'm like, you guys whining 24-7 is somehow more mature like, you know what I mean? I'm posting some notes for myself so I can review what I'm doing, right? And, uh-huh. yeah, just to let a few people who are into professional poker to know what it's actually like, right? I don't give, care what you think, right? Or, or to make a joke. Like, I like to make jokes because they're fun, right? Or to talk about whatever sports team or blah, 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 right? But there's literally – I have guys from my high school. They're, and it used to be, like, one or two of them. It is, like, every single one of them. This is a millennial thing, by the way, right? Just whining and whining and whining and just everybody is so mean and they do this to me. I can't believe the injustice of this. I'm like, yeah, the world sucks. Get used to it. That's how life is. Like, you know, in the immortal words of Vince McMahon, life's a bitch. (laughs) And then you die. You know, it's just how life is, you know, and uh, I'm sorry, I, I cannot tell you how many. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people have insulted me, made fun of me, laughed at me, joked about me. So I, I got fat. I got I got depressed. A lot of crap was going on. I put on like 25 pounds. I've since cut about, let's say, like 18 of it. But yeah, I put on 25 pounds. The number of people that felt totally comfortable telling me I'd gotten fat. I cannot tell you, right? Like everybody at poker terms was like, well, you know, literally people were like, someone's been eating well and stuff like that. And, uh, no, and people were like, man, you're a lot bigger than you used to be. And they give you that kind of like semi disgusted look. If I wanted to, I could go on Facebook and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe how people treat me. Right. Or I could go, maybe I'm getting fat. You know what I mean? Maybe I should pick up a, book that describes how to get skinny that a few of my friends used and maybe I should get off my dead ass and start running a little bit more like I used to right maybe I should start pushing myself right maybe I should sign up for the gym again and then I'll listen to audiobooks that really motivate me but most people just want to expose themselves to the Facebook and complain you know what I mean and it's just complain 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 everything happens to me I'm a victim blah 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 and if you can get out of that, you can get into that positive mindset. You can find some joy in your job. Then when you got like the hour and a that's the thing about playing poker, man. Like it's not the hour, hour and a half you're playing poker. It's not just that. You know what I mean? It's all the, throughout the day. Do you let yourself fly off the handle and get angry at like somebody at Quiznos because they forgot to give you ranch dressing on the way out? Well, then you're probably not going to be a good poker player. I'm sorry to say. You know, you have to manage yourself throughout the day. 
You have to manage your emotions. You've got to work on your emotions, work on your endurance. And if you can do that, I find if you can play like an hour, an hour and a half, or study for and play for an hour, hour and a half, you'll, you'll get a lot better a lot quicker if you know what you're looking for. If you can play like three hours, you can make like a decent income, right? As long as you're studying your ass off and working your ass off in those three hours. But if you're not managing yourself outside of those hours, it's not going to happen. All right, we're wrapping up. This was the show from hell. Uh, Bar- this really was, yeah. Bar- Barry's downloading, you know, like one of those databases from one of those porn torrent sites, and, you know, <laughs> he just won't turn it off, you know what I mean? I told him yeah. that midget stuff is weird, you know what I mean? That, that it, midget, yeah. midget back catalog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it has been atrocious. I don't know what's going on with Skype or that. So while the going is good, we are going to end this show. We did the three questions. Um, Alex, how can people get in touch with you for further uninterrupted uh, help <laughs> and services and your webinars, etc.? cetera? Uh, write me at alex at pokerheteros.com. You want to talk private coaching or you want to talk about, uh, you, you know, if you want to talk about any of the products or whatever that is, ch- check out my YouTube channel. There's going to be a video here in the show notes, Live Poker 101 Preview. A uh, fun little thing I put together. A uh, lot of good content in that. If you really want to get better at live poker, it's free. Check it out. Really fun. Sign up for the uh, channel. I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of different uh, videos going up, up on that. And uh, also sign up for my newsletter at pokerheadrush.com. Just go right in there and send it in. Uh, my newsletters look a lot better than the site, so don't be afraid to sign up. And, uh, yeah, and we'll send you news about all the new deals we got going on and also a lot of free articles, a lot of free videos. I kind of corral them all. Uh, Barry, you've been getting the emails. The bullet point list, just bullet points, seven free articles, free videos. Check it out. You yeah. know, And it's like, who else puts out that much content? Come on now and pick up the myth of poker talent. I could not imagine a better way to spend $25. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm trying to think of another way to spend 25 bucks. That would be that valuable if you put in the work that that's going to be gold now anyway literally gold like you think about the weight of the book and how much money you're going to make from poker it's worth more than that now, anyway all right yeah. i'm done it's worth more than its weight in gold yeah you had that in the front that should have been that should have been a little you know like recommendation it should have been it. it should have been i got a pretty one pretty for Jaka, i said Alex explains advanced poker concepts for normal people or something like that. And I think that was like the highest compliment anyone's ever paid me. And I think it's in the book there. He does the foreword, by the way, if you guys have ever wanted to uh, check out anything by Faraz Jaka. He was, yeah, (laughs) yeah, anyway. I noticed my one wasn't in. My one was Alex should really get a real job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, what we're going to do is, if people want to uh, get in touch with Alex or uh, um, get in touch with me rather to ask Alex questions on the next show, then email questions at com. The book should be restocked in Amazon. Now, it certainly is UK because I looked the other day. Someone got in touch with me it's about restocked. it. It's restocked. And, yeah, it's restocked. Uh, and I put, I put the link on the Facebook group as well to the UK site. Um, so yeah go out and get the book um, okay Alex we're going to cut it here uh, before there's any more um, edits needing done and copying and pasting 
like I'm away to do this right now. Otherwise, it's going to be about six weeks of shows mud- <laughs> muddled into one. <laughs> do you think? Do you know the the joke is? I don't think anyone has noticed that. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, what, what? Like, oh, that was a random show. Well, yeah. once again, Alex sounds like he's not listening to anyone else but himself. <laughs> 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 he just spoke for an hour, and it's like, oh. Questions coming in for Alex. Uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you still got something out of this. I'm sure you all did. Um, what you can hear of it, it's all clear. It's just in terms of me pasting it all together. Uh, you guys might not even notice. Hopefully, touch wood. Uh, until next week, thanks for listening, and cheers. And then you die. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.